Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's youtube.com slash Fightful. That's a weird thing for me to say because I normally say the other one. We'll talk about them in a minute. It's youtube.com slash Fightful. I am Atul Pearl, and it is April the 1st, and we just watched Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor for 2022. I'm here with Steven Jensen. Steven, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. I've been watching a lot of wrestling the last few days. We got, you know, the collective, of course, and we got stuff from Impact. We got stuff on Fight TV. We had stuff on IWTV. We had a whole bunch of stuff to watch. We have WrestleMania tomorrow, rocking my Steve Austin shirt because I'm getting in the mood for WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah, and there's still a lot more collective stuff. I mean, spring breaks after we go off the air tonight, I'm going to go watch that. I mean, this is my favorite time of the year to be a wrestling fan. And uh, I think Ring of Honor totally delivered tonight, which we're about to be talking about. They did. I think there was a lot of really, really great stuff on tonight's show. There was some stuff that I think uh, will come and go with the growing pains of Ring of Honor having a new owner and a new potential identity. There was definitely a lot of shifting, not only of titles, but also of talent and maybe the way they want to tell their stories uh, and maybe whether or not Ring of Honor ranks as uh, a subordinate to, to AEW or maybe if they want to push it and be a little bit higher than that, depending on the titles they give them. Uh, well, we're going to get right into it. And we're going to talk all about it. Hello, chat. We hope you're doing well. Um, man, listen, you started off very simply. We got a super chat from All Elite Dan saying, I love Ring of Honor. And so I can, I, listen, I'll just ask right away. When, when Ring of Honor had Final Battle a few months ago, a lot of people were talking about Ring of Honor never coming back again. Were you under the impression, Stephen, or did you think that Ring of Honor would be coming back for this show at all? Tony Khan not not involved. Just would it have come back? Do you think? Without Tony Khan's involvement, I was very skeptical because the last show, Final Battle, did seem like a big, like, celebration of the history of Ring of Honor. And like, if that, I think they went into it even with the mindset of like, if this is it, let's go out with a bang. You know, like, I don't think anybody knew for sure at that time exactly what was going on. Um, I will say this tonight felt like a definite relaunch of Ring of Honor. Like, it really felt like 
the old version of Ring of Honor ended at Final Battle, and then tonight was like clearly the new direction of whatever Ring of Honor is going to be going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know if you caught the pre-show, the uh, the opening Zero Hour show. Did you get a chance to watch it through? Yeah, absolutely. We get right into it. It's Blake Christian taking on Cole Cabana in a match that that was really fun, really good. Uh, Blake Christian has been getting a lot of reps lately, especially in GCW. Nice to see him here back in Ring of Honor. And uh, Cole Cabana is a nice little throwback to his Ring of Honor days. What, uh, what do we think of this match? Good, uh, good to see Colt maybe get the win back in Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he did the, uh, I forget what you call it, the Chicago Skyline. The, yeah, the move, yeah the, uh, that, that's always cool to see because, like, you just don't, like, everyone's been kind of, like, jonesing for years to see Generico do the brain busta, like, the same kind of thing, and he hasn't done it in so long. It's cool to see guys go back to, like, their old school moves and, like, their old school environments. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, I thought I thought the match was was solid for what it was, and it was a cool thing to see Cabana kind of like back in his element because the AEW audience pretty much just knows him as like just kind of a random member of the Dark Order. So a lot of newer fans were probably kind of surprised as to what they saw tonight, and I, I thought the match was solid. It was. I, I really enjoyed watching Cole Cabana do the showboating, his old school kind of ROH uh, character that he had. He didn't. He didn't. Um... He didn't sell himself short. Like he did, yeah, you're right. He didn't portray himself as AEW Cole Cabana. He was very much Ring of Honor Cole Cabana doing his own counts. I thought was hilarious to open this match with the referee shaking his hand. There was a lot of good little little jabs, little jokes here. And then of course, you know, what what can you say about Blake Christian? He's he's on a tear. And even taking an L here, he looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, I got to see his his match against Gresham live in Atlanta. And, you know. I, I Blake Christian's one of those guys that just like ever since leaving the WWE, he's been heavily featured and heavily pushed everywhere he's been uh, for good reason. He's fantastic in the ring. Um, and I think he's now kind of turning the corner as well on like that little something extra, like kind of either charisma wise, there's like a little something like I felt like he's kind of needed to turn the corner on. And I think he's in the process of doing that right now. And I think he's, He's been really, really great. I'm actually kind of surprised to see him lose to Colt, even though even though Colt's like an OG ROH guy, because Blake has been just on such a hot streak everywhere he's been. Um, but that said, there's no shame in losing to Colt Cabana. And Blake Christian has a whole lot of options right now in the world of wrestling. Like he's all over the place. And uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that I think he it wasn't a great fit for the WWE when he was there as Trey Baxter, but like outside of the WWE, he can really flourish, and we're getting to see that. I think there's a lot of things uh, that Blake Christian was able to take from his time in WWE to bring onto what he's doing now, and that's a really good thing to have. A lot, a lot more tools in his uh, in his pocket like that. So I'm a fan of it, and I and I like to see maybe a little bit more of him as he makes his way around the Indies, around Ring of Honor, and uh, yeah, good to see Colt as well. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny how a lot of the time in GCW, the commentators will be like they'll they'll refer to it is Blake Christian's excursion. They'll be like, Blake Christian just went on a brief hiatus and excursion and now he's back. And like, they don't really ever address exactly where he was, but like, obviously they're talking about the WWE. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing like him and Alex Zane and Anthony Henry and like a lot of those guys that didn't have long runs there. I think they all came out of it saying pretty positively about how like, they did still learn a lot while they were there, especially about just like the television aspect of, of, of wrestling and, and selling things different ways and stuff. So yeah, you know, it just, it just is what it is. But I think Blake Christian, like I said, I think he's doing great for himself right now. 
Yeah, and speaking of doing great for ourselves and yourselves, go ahead and drop us a thumbs up here on this video. Can't tell you how much that means to us. And also, if you want to donate a super chat, we'll get them read on the air, a humper chat as well. You might ask, hey, what's the difference between that? It's just money, right? No, it's a little bit different. You see, with the super chat, it's in that window on youtube.com slash Fightful where you can donate any amount and get your question statement read on the air, and that's fine. But then Google takes a bunch of money from it. So instead, we got our Humper Chats where you can help support us a little bit more. Go to humperchats.com and you can donate any amount and we get your question, your statement right on the air. Let's move on. We'll talk about AQA taking on Miranda Alizé. Now, I don't know about you, Stephen, but I really, really like seeing AQA in Ring of Honor. And I think her being in Ring of Honor makes great sense. I think it's the right way for her to go. Yeah, I completely agree because when she got signed to AEW, um, she really got signed off of like like one or two matches there. She hadn't done a lot in the company, but there was a lot of potential there. And I thought it was a smart signing, but it, it was hard to know where she kind of figured in in that division. Kind of like, you know, just because it is becoming more and more stacked of a division, the more women that AEW gets from outside to come in and the better that like the, the homegrown AEW women keep getting themselves you know, AQA was, was in an uphill battle kind of from day one on, on like finding a spot on that roster and ROH, and it won't just be her, by the way, this is going to be something that I think ROH is used for a lot going forward. And I think this is, like you said, it was perfect for AQA to, uh, to be in this match because it could showcase her in a different company where I think she can get a lot more wins and really be a lot more showcased so that when she is used more heavily on AEW sometime in the future, she has the reputation of what she did in Ring of Honor, and that helps get her in a good position in AEW eventually. So, Yeah, her, having AQA not only face Miranda Alizé, but also defeat Miranda Alizé, who was also a part of the Ring of Honor Women's Championship before the pandemic, or, or sorry, during the pandemic, I should say, uh, really helped kind of shape the match a lot better. Commentary was very good at putting that uh, point across. And, uh, and it felt a lot as we walked through the pre-show that the wrestlers who were winning these matches are the ones that were going to find their way into Ring of Honor more frequently. People like Cole Cabana, people like AQA, people like we're going to talk about uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises in the next match, that it feels like a lot of those guys and girls are going to be uh, big mainstays in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also agree about Miranda Alizé, by the way. I, I think she's very talented. I liked her a lot in that ROH Women's Tournament. Anytime you can get her and Roxy in the ring together, it won't happen again for probably a long time with Roxy going to the WWE. But Alizé has the talent to maybe go there at some point as well, for sure. So like, um, this was a really good matchup between two up-and-coming uh, talents in the female division. Yeah, absolutely. I was moving on through the... Oh, by the way, sorry. Got to Go mention the, the shooting star press at the end. She oh, has that's a, right. She has a beautiful looking shooting star press, but she that looked like it really hurt. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> that one looked like it really hurt, but it but it looks very impressive when she's, when she's up in the air. So. Wasn't the first time tonight uh, in that match where somebody hit a move that they're normally very good at, and it, it looked a lot more brutal than normal on their opponent. We'll, we'll get to that in a few I minutes. Know, I know where you're going with that. Oh, sure. I'm sure yeah. you do. Uh, moving on, we had Eli Isom and Cheeseburger teaming up to take on a uh, Tully Blanchard tag team. Tully Blanchard has opened up his Tully Blanchard Enterprises, and he introduced the world to Khan and Toa Leona. Now, I don't know if you had any other people in mind when you heard about this match uh, for, for Tully Blanchard to introduce. Was there anyone that immediately jumped out? Are you happy with this team? Does it make sense to you? What, do you, what are your thoughts? So I'm not going to say I'm disappointed with the team because I think they could be interesting and successful with Tully Blanchard. Like, I'm not going to get 
um down on this because it wasn't the team i was hoping it would be um but the team i was hoping it would be was going to be the workhorsemen jd drake and anthony henry that's what i was really hoping for because they would be so perfect with Tolly as well um and they you know they had a match on aw dynamite not too long ago against the combat club and you know jd drake's there with the wingmen but like they need to transition him out of that in my opinion and get get him and anthony henry together tied team so i was i was hoping it was going to be them um but that said, you know, this, this, I think it, I was, I was interested in it. I am interested going forward. What did you think about it? Uh, I thought it was perfect in a lot of ways because these are two guys who are under development, who have been around AEW uh, and, and I guess ring of honor a little bit as well, or at least very showcase on the Indies. Uh, and for them to come into a place like a reimagined ring of honor, where we're looking at a developmental territory and not an established one, this is great for them. And these are clearly, uh, this is clearly a tag team that Tony Khan and anyone else who's involved with Ring of Honor sees some potential in. And I think having a guy like Tully Blanchard representing them, that makes it even bigger. They're calling the team the Gates of Agony. Yeah. When they said the Gates of Agony, mm-hmm. you know what I immediately thought? And I know I, it's the wrong guy. I was thinking Paul Ellering and I thought Authors of Pain. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is what you're probably thinking would be Authors of Pain. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been insane, but no, we got two guys who are just as big and just as powerful. Quite enjoyed that match. Very, it's just a simple squash. Uh, Iceman Cheeseburger are not lost in the shuffle by by losing in that match. I don't think. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, the finish being the the Samoan spike Umaga style. You know, that was I hadn't seen that in a while. So, yeah, they did. It. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, Joe Hendry was supposed to have a match at Supercard. He got his match on the pre-show. He faced Dalton Castle, who now has brand new music, I guess. I don't remember him using this, but it's now a a variation of Radio Gaga by Queen instead of I Want It All. Uh, That's really all I got from this match, other than the fact that Joe Hendry put on an extra 30 pounds and uh, (laughs) looked real beefy in this match. It was fine. It just didn't do a ton for me personally. Uh, Give me your thoughts, Hendry and Castle. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way you did. I mean, there wasn't anything spectacular, but they are, it it is a good sign for Dalton Castle going forward. Like, because I think he does have a good place probably going forward in the reimagined Ring of Honor. Um, Because other, because, you know, you can tell, like you said earlier, like by who's winning and losing these matches, you can kind of start figuring out like who will probably be more regular than others going forward. Um, And the Bangarang, that move is like that's always kind of a cool thing to see I, I like it um so yeah good for dalton castle i mean he's a guy who's in a really interesting position with ring of honor he's been there forever and he's been the world champion and like he's been around a long time since he was the world champion and like he kind of had it was in kind of a tough spot before the the shift so like this is at least a good sign i think with with, with the new ring of honor for him probably so Yeah, it's interesting with Dalton Castle, like you said, a former Ring of Honor champion, someone that uh, a lot of people were very high on, had very big expectations for, unfortunately found himself injured, and uh, that kind of put a wrench into his Ring of Honor World Championship reign. Uh, And I don't know, I never really felt that he bounced back after that. His injury kind of prohibited him from getting back to the gear that we all love from Dalton Castle. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly kind of what I was saying. And if I remember correctly... Remember who he beat for the title? Oh my God, I'm having a blank. 
if I remember correctly, I'm double checking myself, but I'm pretty sure he's the one that beat Cody for the Ring of Honor Championship. I think you're right, and it was almost, that final battle. Yeah, I'm almost positive because I remember him beating him with like a roll up or something like that, or like a like a small pack or a schoolboy or something. And I was like, I lost my mind. <laughs> I, I, like, not anyway. But uh, but yeah, this this like I said, this is a good sign for Dalton Castle going forward. Like, they'll do something with him in Ring of Honor. It looks like. We have a super chat from the jam, from the bad one, Jam Beard, saying shout out to Denise Del Casto. I mean Salcedo. Mm. I don't know if you caught that Ian Riccoboni trying to throw to the back. We love Ian Riccoboni. He had a little bit of a, a little bit of a clumsy moment called Denise Denise Del Casto. That's ah, fine. I thought Del Taco. I'm just I don't know. I'm just crazy. In all seriousness, though, as a fan, I'm so proud of her moving up in the wrestling world. It was so neat to see. Uh, Denise, who is is frequently a part of Fightful and part of that energy, and you see her on GCW all the time, bringing her energy to uh, to Ring of Honor. I thought that was really neat. Good for her on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did catch that as well. The mispronunciation it was it was kind of funny, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel the same way about Denise. Like I tell her every time we do like one of our post show reviews here on Fightful for uh, for like Impact, I always tell her like how awesome I think it is that she gets to do stuff with GCW and. Now she gets to do something Ring of Honor. I mean, yeah, she works super hard, so I'm I'm very happy for her. Closing out the uh, the the pre-show, there was a little um, segment with Bandito and Chavo Guerrero, and we'll get into the match later on as we get to the main event. Uh, but Bandito was asking Chavo not to cheat in his match, mm-hmm. and I don't know about you, but the first thing I thought about was, oh no, he's gonna <laughs> like it was very <laughs> telling, and I just don't know why we needed it. Well, because like you said, I felt the same way because like they weren't together at all prior to this. So it's like the first thing we're seeing of them together is him being like, like like, hinting at that. You know what I mean? Like you're immediately like they're caught. Like, why would you even bring this up the first time we ever see them talk to each other if they aren't going to do what you just said? Yeah, Um, exactly. So, yeah, it was it was we're going to talk about that more at the main event. But like Chavo being with Bandito was weird as hell and it made no sense at all. Like the only sense it made at all is they're both Hispanic. Like that's literally the only connection I think that there is between the two. Like, yeah, I'll give a shout out to Lucha Blog on Twitter who had pointed this out. There is no connection between Bandito. There's no connection with the Guerreros. They have never interacted in the Lucha world. They were just kind of thrown together as a way to uh, maybe appease Chavo Guerrero. Uh, I will say this: commentary did a pretty good job of pointing out. I'm on the ROH stream as well. I'm on oh, both shows problem. right now. You're on both shows right now. I'm simulcasting myself. Oh, Are, is the name on the the name on the contract says Lambert? Yeah. <laughs> wow. What's up, <laughs> man? This is the problem. <laughs> Hi. Hi, everybody. Hey, this- everyone! Everyone, watch the spotlight on Thursdays. Me and Jeremy, two PM Eastern, right here on this Jensen, channel. Jensen's talking about the spotlight. Kate's asking me about how I'm going for WrestleMania weekend. I'm not going to stay long. I just wanted to see if this was possible that I could be uh, that I could pull a Rick Rude here. You know, the Young Bucks <laughs> are on AEW and ROH, so here I am on AEW and ROH. Dude, last yesterday, Ninja Mac pulled a Rick Rude during our interview. He was wrestling on Bloodsport. Anyways, Jeremy's <laughs> like doing All right, stuff. I'm gonna give my comments so. on Samoa Joe since Kate asked, and that is also part of the the ROH uh, show that you guys are doing. 
Right. Yeah, but we're not at the Mimosa <laughs> Joe part. What are you talking about? I don't about? care. We're talking about Samoa Joe, Joel. Samoa Joe's back. Sammy Joe's back. It's great. Everyone have a great show. Everyone have a great WrestleMania weekend. Kate has an Austin shirt on. Steven Jensen has an Austin shirt on. You guys have a great weekend. I don't know what that shirt is, Joel. That's Joel, the, congratulations the, on being a father. Alex, thanks. congratulations on congratulations. being a father. You've been longer than Joel. So congratulations. <laughs> guys, have a great night. I've, I've pulled the Young Bucks. I'm good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay he's still screen. okay i'm gonna I, I was about i was like i was about to do it <laughs> that was the most awkward goodbye i could think of <laughs> wow oh my okay goodness. well that happened <sighs> so chavo guerrero comes in and now he's yeah. just there <laughs> and just like jeremy you just kind of showed up and he was just there and everyone was just confused just like jeremy and chavo yeah all right i, I feel <laughs> bad for anyone who was just listening to this in audio form that's all right. Don't, all right. You know. Let's go on. We got we got the main card. We got we got the stuff that people really want to talk about. Show opens up. We've got Alex Zane taking on Swerve Strickland. First of all, we need to address in a very very important moment. Code of Honor. What is it here to? Yeah, you seem very locked in on that tonight. Tonight, I needed to know that the Code of Honor was adhered to. Otherwise, I told you I would not be covering this match. Briscoe's and FTR. They were just. Just under the wire, they adhered to the Code of Honor after the match. Therefore, we can talk about it. Let's talk about Zayn and Strickland first. First of all, you want an opening match that people are going to remember? I think that was it. There was oh, yeah. so much good stuff going on. A lot of flipping, a lot of flopping, a lot of flying. And just to watch these two work and the, the confidence that Swerve has, it's not just a gimmick. I love watching him work. Yeah, I totally agree. He uh, He's really like hitting another level right now. I feel like, like he, he was already great and he was great in the Indies pre WWE. And then like, he had, he got even better in the WWE. In my opinion, he was great. Lucha underground his kill shot. I talk about that all the time. Um, and he really, like, I got to see him live at terminus fairly recent. I mean, like last month and, uh, even the way he just carries himself, like, but he's like a super nice guy. Like when he was just like talking to fans and stuff after the match, like, super nice guy just with a just a real confidence about him like you said um and alex zane i mean another one of those guys a lot of the stuff that you can that i said about um like christian earlier you can like kind of echo for alex zane like just in ring fantastic and now alex zane is also like putting more of it together i think like which is interesting like after leaving the wwe it seems like he's becoming more and more flashy and like developing more and more of a character um but his in-ring work has always been like video game type stuff that like you didn't think was possible. So I love this match and uh, I love, I love both their personalities playing off each other. And there was like 10 times I thought this match was over. Like they got me multiple times on near falls and yeah, I, th I thought it was great. Yeah. The right from the opening, I mean, watching Zane, Zane's whole uh, gimmick, it felt like was just going for hurricane Ranas and poison Ranas. Every, every move was supposed to be him trying to flip swerve and swerve either uh, flipping off of that and landing on his feet like he did earlier in the match or uh going after the knee and trying to prevent alex zane from hitting a hurricane rana the poison rana from the apron to the floor from alex zane to swerve was aces very stuff absolutely gnarly uh and then like i said you got a double stomp from swerve onto zane's knee and that kind of stopped him from having any more uh heavy input or heavy offense and then the jml driver gets the win and swerve is uh, victorious tonight it was good stuff yeah, absolutely. And this is another one of those things where, like, 
swerve going forward, will he be more of an AEW guy, more of a Ring of Honor guy? Will there be people that kind of ping pong back and forth between both companies? Um, we're still kind of figuring out how this is all going to work. But given how stacked AEW's roster is and how great Swerve is, like he'd fit in anywhere. Like he'd find in, in any company at any level, you know, for any title, in my opinion. But he might be best off right now being like one of the top people in Ring of Honor for for you know, a little while. Like I could, I could see that maybe being a thing, but I'm cool with him being anywhere. Like I said, same with Alex Zane, but I, I could see Alex Zane being more of like a Ring of Honor guy that comes in for cool matches like this. Cause I think, I mean, he does a lot with GCW and on the indies as well. Like, I don't know if that's another thing about this. We don't know is like how, like the GCW Ring of Honor relationship of like how often certain talents won't be able to do one or the other because of one or the other. So um, I kind of consider Alex Zane even more of a GCW guy, um, but Swerve I could see really being AEW or Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think you had a really good point about Swerve going back and forth between AEW and, and Ring of Honor and that being a good place for him. He he clearly likes to work. He clearly does it well. And his character is memorable enough that you put him anywhere and he'll deliver. There's definitely room for him on both rosters, which you can't say that about everyone on either roster, Ring of Honor or AEW. Yeah, for sure. Because the thing with AEW is like, you have to climb the ranking system. You have to, you know, you like in in Ring of Honor, I think that Swerve and also just the star power, if we're being honest. I mean, like the star power in AEW is like through the roof right now with the, all the people that they've signed. And Swerve, like I said, I think fits with those people. But he really would shine in Ring of Honor, like away from those people for a minute, like you know, if you had him and Gresham or him and Bandito or, you know, like they're, him and Samoa Joe, like, I mean, like you could really shine in Ring of Honor. And then once again, I think the main focus of Ring of Honor is essentially going to be building more of a name and a buzz for yourself. And then when you're kind of implanted into the AEW landscape, like you come in with a lot more buzz that that the fan base is going to like know about it, like right off the bat. So. Yeah, I agree. There's uh, there's a lot of potential there. I want to see it. I want to see it play out. Like We don't say that often, but this is one time where we can actually say it could play out and it could be very, very fun for the fans. Let's, yeah, uh, absolutely. Let's talk about something else that was a lot of fun. Ninja Mac comes out. Now, you you have a little bit of experience with Ninja Mac in, in recent days. You had your interview on Spotlight. We talked about it earlier. Go check that out, youtube.com slash Fightful. Go watch uh, Jeremy and Steven talk to Ninja back, interview him. It's also, the interview was clipped and on youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked, where you should always go to get your content extra. Uh, so Ninja Mac comes out, he's told, hey, uh, you're going to have a, a a guest opponent or not, a, a sorry, a special opponent. Tully Blanchard comes out and TBE introduces another big acquisition. Uh, and as reported, first on Fightful Select, go to FightfulSelect.com, get your scoops. Brian Cage was at Ring of Honor. Brian Cage was the special opponent for Ninja Mac tonight and uh, kind of beat the crap out of Ninja Mac. Yeah, I mean, basically. See, the thing is, though, like, Ninja Mac already, like, had another match. So, like, he, and I think he has another match tonight at Spring Break, I'm pretty sure. So, like... Um, so actually, I'm sorry, I cut you off. he did the match for Ring of Honor, and before the night was over, before Supercard was over, Ninja Mac was already out and wrestling the next show. Oh, I know, I tweeted about it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I was watching it on the world, on the world, the world of Lucha. Yeah, I, yeah, I was watching right. it. I got, I had the two screens going with both of these shows. Um, yeah, and, but I'm saying like I think he has even another one at Spring Break oh, tonight. That's right. Yeah, so like he's yeah, and I he 
probably wrestled earlier today too. I mean, like the guy's, the guy's nuts. He was telling me and Jeremy, he literally wanted to be the wrestler that wrestled the most matches over like this four day span or whatever. Um, he was booked for like double digits amount of matches. The guy's, the guy's nuts. And then he's going to go fly to Japan soon and go uh, wrestle for pro wrestling. Noah, that being said, this match was like three minutes long. Um, and it was a showcase for Brian cage. It was a squash match. Um, unfortunately for Ninja Mac, I think the main reason that this happened like to him overall was like, he was booked on the show before Tony Khan bought the company. And then like, once again, me and Jeremy, we, like we, we talked about this, how he didn't, he didn't know who his opponent was going to be like legitimately, like it wasn't even like a storyline. He really didn't know who was going to be wrestling. He hadn't talked to Tony Khan um, up until like a couple days ago. And you know, if he wouldn't have been booked pre Tony Khan, he probably just wouldn't have been on the show at all. But I think this was better than nothing. Like he, they still honored like his announcement, and he still was on the show. It just was way more turned. It, it turned out way more to be, you know, him just kind of getting squashed by Brian Cage. But at least a lot of fans that never got to see Ninja Mac before got to see him do some cool flips and stuff. So at least you know, at least there's that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I, that's exactly the point I was going to make. Ninja Mac does not look bad in defeat, sells well, gets in those little moments that, you know, he uh, he goes to flip for Brian Cage and Cage just catches him midair, makes it look crisp, makes it look good. Drill Claw gets the win after he did that gnarly throw deep six looking sidewalk mm-hmm. slam of a release something or other. That was really good stuff, but uh, good. Yeah. And Brian Cage is another one of those guys that like will heavily benefit from being in Ring of Honor. And he looked yoked. I mean, this dude... <laughs> Yes, this dude, like his traps are like up to like his earlobes, this guy. Um, but uh, but you know, there's been all the talk about him not liking his position in AEW, and I don't know how legitimate all that is. Like, I have no idea, but he hasn't been seen on AEW a whole lot. Um, and it would make perfect sense if he was a regular Ring of Honor person going forward. I think it would be a really good fit for him. And speaking of good fit, I like Tully Blanchard being his mouthpiece. Not that Brian Cage can't speak, do his own thing, but having prestige like like Tully there is is just super helpful in a new stable where Brian Cage is, you know, the guy on top. He's got two younger guys who are equally big, strong dudes. That has potential to be a really, really good uh, faction for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I agree. Could, could be very interesting. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on. By the way, get your super chats, your humper chats in. Our pal Luis is doing a great job tonight, collecting them and putting them up for us. Um, you know what? What are we doing here? I'm trying to catch up here on super chats. Okay, a lot of people are going to talk about matches that are coming up yet. So let's go and talk about Lee Moriarty with Matt Seidel taking on Jay Lethal. First of all, Sanjay Dutt sitting with Gary Jester. I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, Sanjay makes sense. No, it doesn't. It's not at all because then they have to use him somehow. But Gary Jester makes sense. Nice to see him given his uh, his experience, his relationship with Ring of Honor. Uh, either way, Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty, the match was built as Lee is the mirror of Jay Lethal at 25. What did you think of that story? Did that work for you? Was that something you were into? Uh, not necessarily because I see them as being fairly different. Um like lethal has always been a very solid overall like wrestler. Um, he's always had good matches and like he said, but, but like you also think about 
which I'm not saying this was bad, but you also think about like the Macho Man stuff and the Ric Flair stuff and like just I don't think of any of that when I think of Lee Moriarty. You know what I mean? When I think of Lee Moriarty, I just think of like just kind of like a good looking young up and coming wrestler that's a technical wizard. Like, you know, just you know, so I I, I'm, I honestly didn't, I don't see a whole lot of, outside of them both being very good workers in the ring, like, I don't see a whole lot of similarity between the two of them. Yeah. It, it was, someone had pointed out on online that at 25, Lethal had done so many other things, including, you know, his, his TNA run, the Black Machismo gimmick. Like, he had done so many things that Lee Moriarty still has the potential to go that much higher and do that much more but like they don't really parallel all that much there hasn't been that i think maybe the the conversation should have been lee moriarty has the opportunity to be as big as lethal became yeah right am i crazy no i no i don't think you're crazy i i think you know this kind of ties in with the main event at that or at the end of the show after the show because yeah. Moriarty was in the ring too, right? With Samoa Joe and stuff at the end. I think I think he was out there like helping him out. Yeah. Um. So like with there, there's a so what I think they're overall what they're building. We're jumping ahead a little bit, but I'll, we'll pull it back. Like Jay Lethal, they're kind of playing it up. Like Lee Moriarty is almost like the protege of Jay Lethal. They aren't, but that's kind of the narrative of like kind of what this looks like. Lee Moriarty, Moriarty could could be like a, a multi-time champion in, in Ring of Honor eventually like Jay Lethal was. But the other thing is, you know, Jay Lethal, he was Samoa Joe's protege when, when Jay Lethal came into Ring of Honor. So like, I think what they're trying to do is somehow over time here, like the the rub will eventually all kind of triple trickle down to Moriarty, but like he this is a way I think of him getting in the mix with guys like Lethal and Samoa Joe and it making sense why he with such like little experience in the fan from like the fan perspective, like why he would be involved in this at all. Um, because I think at the end of the day, Moriarty Moriarty, like if he's not gonna be a part of the combat club in AEW, I think that he needs to be like just push him like crazy in ring of honor as just a technical wrestler and like eventually make him the world champion of the company. So I like the idea. And, and again, going back to callbacks or going back to uh crossover appeal, I like that they had Jay lethal weeks ago saying, I need to do something to get back on top. I need to find ways to win. And this is it. This is how he decides to do it. He low blows Lee Moriarty late in the match gets that big time. He from the crowd, they had none of it. They hated it. It was perfect. The, during the match, you know, they're trading pins. They, including uh, that there was a pin counter out of the lethal injection that you don't see very often. I thought that was really cool from Lee Moriarty. Uh, you, you know, you do the little things like the hail to the king, the macho elbow drop. For those who don't know, that's Jay Lethal's thing. Yeah, we had a lot of that tonight. Mm-hmm. It was uh, all, all in all a good match. Jay Lethal wins uh, after that whole low blow scrimmage. And then what do you do with Matt Seidel on his crutches? You kick him out of from under, you kick his leg out from under his leg. I was about to say, that's exactly what I was about to say. Shout out <laughs> Owen Hart. That's um, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. I, you know what? At first I was like, ah, oh, this is silly. And then we started seeing the seeds planted for later in the night because Sanjay Duck comes out. He's trying to pull Jay Lethal away from, uh, from Matt Seidel. Uh, sorry, from Jay, yeah, Jay Lethal off of Matt Seidel as Matt Seidel's being beaten down by Lethal. Um, they talk about the connection between Dutt and Lethal. There's good stuff. And 
I mean, at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, as good as this is, I wonder if this was the plan for Jay Lethal turning heels specifically before Ring of Honor was purchased by Tony Khan. Was that the play? And if it was, this is a way to do it. And if it wasn't, then well, they definitely hit the right note tonight. Yeah, for sure. Why either way it worked out great. Um so yeah, I but I I do think I think when when Ring of Honor or when AEW rather signed some of the people they signed to AEW, they did it knowing that like they were going to be purchasing Ring of Honor soon. Like they were kind of front stacking like like in preparation for that. So like so some of the talents that you might have been a little more head scratching like man, the roster's already so overloaded with people and this and that it's like well it's not going to be quite as overloaded if they have an entire other company that they can now influx with talent so yeah that's a to me that's a whole other can of worms and i don't know if we want to get into that i do wonder because a lot of the conversation with AEW becomes how many people can you sign is there too many because there's not a lot of tv or not enough tv and then a lot of people say shuffle them to ring of honor but ring of honor is a tv list property right now itself how do you how do you balance everything? And does it really make sense to say, oh, Ring of Honor is just a place where you can harbor more talent? Well, we don't know that yet, but I, yeah, I do exactly. imagine. Yeah, I mean, I I don't, I mean, I have a lot of faith in Tony Khan and what these, these people are going to be doing. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about it. I think that they're going to figure it out and, you know, they'll have distribution and they'll, they'll have some yeah. sort of deal where you can watch Ring of Honor. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's more the conversation of, you know, if Ring of Honor is a one hour show, and you're bringing on so many more people that, you know, you're signing more and more people. Is that going to be detrimental? Is it going to be helpful? I, again, we, we've seen so far that uh, when it, when the shuffle is good, Tony Khan does a really good job with shuffling his uh, his roster and his deck. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What up, Jesse? I see you in the chat. Oh, heck yeah. How are you doing, Jesse? Tell me, spitting facts, apparently. Let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can listen to me and Jesse's uh, WrestleMania predictions. It's on our YouTube channel. And you can also listen to uh, Jambeard sends a super chat says this is my very first time watching a Ring of Honor show other than with the YouTube clips. I think they may have picked a good one because I loved it. And you know what? If you're a new Ring of Honor fan, I think this was probably a, a really good show for you to get into. It's a reset. It's uh, a lot of um, history was was explained by commentary. I think they did a good job of that. Uh, and overall, I think uh, they they put a lot of good pieces together to get a new fan invested in Ring of Honor. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And they did a good job mixing in like, like even if you were strictly, this is, this is like kind of a niche part of the fan base potentially, but like, even if you are only an AEW fan, like let's say you only watch AEW, there's enough crossover between people you you recognize from AEW and people you wouldn't know if you don't pay attention to the Indies. They did a good job kind of mixing the show up with a bunch of, a bunch of that, you know, like, like FTR, for instance, which we'll talk about here shortly. Like yep. that alone, I think, was enough to bring in fans that might not have any idea who, I don't know, uh, Rhett Titus might be. You know what I mean? But now they leave the show at least knowing who Rhett Titus is. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. I think this was a great, this was a great show and card. And like the the whole, th the way they put this whole thing together, I think, it, you know, was good for anybody who, it was good for the longtime Ring of Honor fans, and, you know, this because this this I think honors the history of Ring of Honor, like what they're doing with this. And if you've never seen Ring of Honor before, I think it was a good show to jump in on. 
Yeah, I think so too. If you're if you were a newer fan, you can kind of latch on and, and get an idea of what's going on. So uh, it's good. Let's keep going. Uh, by the way, thank you for the super chat, Daniel. Saying I feel like Ring of Honor works with a streaming deal for TV, and I agree with that. I see Jesse piping in coming soon to HBO Max. I'm not against it. It makes perfect sense to me. You could do it. You have a lot of content that you can throw up on there as well. But uh, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see, aren't we? Yeah, let's get a Ring of Honor to Grassi crossover on HBO Max. My God, Degrassi of Honor? Degrassi of Honor. Every Ring, every Ring Friday, of Degrassi. Fightful overbooked. <laughs> All right. Interim Women's Championship. The Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Diana Prazo, was unavailable for Supercard of Honor. So instead, they crowned an interim Ring of Honor Women's Champion tonight. It's Willow taking on Mercedes Martinez. Now, fair, fair warning, I am biased. I'm a big Mercedes Martinez fan. I think she can do almost no wrong. A wonderful, wonderful match uh, to watch Mercedes in and to watch Mercedes Martinez win that interim women's championship. But I will not say a bad thing about Willow Nightingale because, or Willow as she is on Ring of Honor, uh, just a really interesting matchup between these two. Very different competitors, very different styles. And I think they mashed up pretty good. A little bit of awkwardness towards the end and we'll get there. Start us off. What uh, did you like about this match? What uh, What did you enjoy? So... This was another one of those where whether you're a longtime indie fan, a NXT fan, a AEW fan, like most wrestling fans will know Mercedes Martinez. And then Willow, if you follow the indie, she's all over the place. But, it, you know, if not, this might have been the first time you've seen her. So like, this is another just good example of like mixing in known talent with up and coming talent. And Willow has been I mean, she's been solid for quite a while. Like she, she could easily have a contract really in any company. Um, I think she'd work great in ring of honor going forward. Like if they wanted her to stay there, she do find an AEW, she do find an NXT, like really wherever. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say it real quick. That, that moonsault was brutal. Like I was surprised that Mercedes, like she looked hurt. Um, yeah. I don't know how hurt she was, but I mean, that was that, cause we've seen, like, I remember, um, like Bob Holly, like having his arm broken by Kurt Angle, like in a really similar where like their legs came came down like that. So, um, but yeah, but as far as the rest of the match, I mean, I thought it was a solid match and I, I'm never going to be upset with Mercedes Martinez winning a match like this. Like, and then it just builds it even more to her versus Diana eventually, which is going to be great. So, yeah. So the, the, really the point of this match with uh, Willow and Martinez, you had Martinez, who's like a, a, Root suplex and say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Beatdown type of competitor. And Willow uses like a lot more uh, 
just a lot of moves based offense. Like she'll do the, the angle slam. She'll do the pounce. She'll do the cannonball in the corner. It's very different from where uh, Martinez will kind of like wrestle you down and force you down. And you can see her doing like a trying for a spider German suplex, which is one of her signature moves now. Uh, and then being caught in a, a tree of woe only to have Willow hit her with the corner splash. You know, right? there, there's a good difference in, in work there. Uh, and on top of that, talk about that moonsault. You just alluded to it. She goes, Willow goes to the top, hits that moonsault, but her knees kind of hit Mercedes Martinez in the sternum. And it looked rough, like as if uh, Martinez was like going, trying to get her air back uh, to the point where commentary had to say Willow felt bad and had to check on Martinez before going for the pin. Like they covered it up as best as they could, but man, that was a rough, rough looking spot. Uh, Mercedes was able to lock in Brass City Sleeper and that was it but it kind of fell flat at the finish because I think the crowd is a little shocked from that moonsault. Uh, either way, Martinez with the Ring of Honor Interim Women's Championship. And like you said, Deanna Peraza, man, that's going to be a good match. We've seen it, but we're going to see it in a totally different world. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, shout out to Mercedes Martinez for like, that's that's toughness right there. Like finishing, finishing the match so strong. Not just finishing it, we're like, Sometimes I'm not judging by any means when this kind of thing happens, but sometimes someone gets hurt and they kind of go right to like a roll up or something like something really awkward, like just to get the hell out of there and like go get checked on. Um, she like really finished the match. Like she like caught her wind and she was, they, they had a couple more minutes of like back and forth wrestling before she, she got in that submission with the dragon sleeper. Like I, uh, you know, so, you know, and, and we don't know the extent of that. Like, when I see stuff like that happen, I immediately think like potential broken rib and stuff like, you know, and the way, like you said, the way she reacted to it and it was, I, I don't know if I liked it or not, how the commentary mentioned shit that she checked on her. Like, I don't mind it, but it was, it was kind of strange that I did because it was so quick. Like she was, she was on top of her and she was, she was clearly checking on her, but we see that a lot in wrestling and the commentators don't bring it up, you know? So I, I mean, once again, I don't have a problem with it. It was just, it just stood yeah. out that like they did that. So I think the one thing with Ring of Honor commentary that I notice above all else is that they'll go out of their way to call attention to little things that maybe some fans will pick up on, but not all fans. And they'll try and explain it away and try to be quick on their feet. Maybe it's too cute. Maybe that's true. Personally, I'm a fan of them at least trying to give some sort of reasoning to an awkward spot. Uh, they did the same thing. They, they did it a few times. They did it in the main event as well. But uh, it, to me, it made sense here. I, I get why it might not make sense to everyone or not might not be enjoyable. Um, but the one thing I want to add, too, about getting to Martinez versus Perrazzo. Again, talking about Ring of Honor as a developmental territory. Mercedes Martinez is the perfect champion for that brand. In a brand where AEW is developing more women to become TV-ready wrestlers, I think wrestling Mercedes Martinez or working with someone uh, with the the experience of Martinez is a is a great spot to be in. Yeah, I agree. And like, I mean, she could have been doing. They could have had her doing that in NXT for like right now. She could like they they had her like she could be doing this to develop talent over there too. Like, I agree. She she's she has so much experience. She's been wrestling for so long and she's been grinding for for so long. And she's so credible and believable in the things that she does in the ring. Like, I I totally agree. I I think that all the women are going to bet. I mean, and the men, anybody who who trains with her, works with her, whatever of you know any gender, I think people are going to uh, you know they're going to benefit from working with her. I think I just realized I'm a really big fan of hers because she could kick my ass and I'm afraid of her. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. The, the, let, let's get into this. This 
Could have been the match of the night. We're going to talk about them boys. We're going to talk about top guys. Ricardo, the bad guy, saying them boys versus top guys freaking ruled. Of course, we're talking about FTR and the Briscoes, a match months in the making, a match that honestly they didn't even have to do as nearly as much as they did to keep the crowd into it because from the first, they didn't even have to lock up to get the crowd going. And in oh, no, yeah. yeah. So it was ridiculous. I mean, in the best way possible. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this match. I, it's just FTR and classic Ring of Honor like logo. They had the FTR in the Ring of Honor logo in their gear. That was awesome. Um, Ian referencing NXT WWE, which is normal for Ring of Honor. They've done that before. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Briscoes, who are also the new, spoilers, GCW Tag Team Champions, wrestling their 430 millionth match this weekend as well, giving well, him Mac a run for his money. They're wrestling uh, again tonight too, by the way. Yes, they are. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just they got holy shit chance mm-hmm. before they even locked up. That was it. <laughs> yeah, they did. They were going nuts before they even touched. I mean, that that's that's how over these two teams are and how anticipated them finally wrestling each other was. And I hope this isn't the end, by the way, of like the Briscoes doing those promos they've been doing, like mm-hmm. not necessarily towards FTR because now they've shown the respect to one another. But I love those those Twitter promos and stuff of like mark briscoe like drinking capri suns in the background and stuff while jay's like cutting promos to the camera like i I love that stuff um this this to me is no brainer the match of the night like i thought this was this was an incredible tag team match um the main event was close like i could understand people going either way with the main event in this but like this i thought this tag team match was fantastic and ftr winning is super cool because like i mean now they're the ring of honor tag champions and they'll be doing more there going forward but they're a team you that will for sure be ping-ponging like there's no way they're not i mean we know that they're gonna be wrestling the hardy or the hardys the young bucks same the new hardys um, oh, same. it's fine <laughs> um they're wrestling them uh you know and by the way you know, i think the young bucks are the best tag team in the world so like i i'm always down for the young bucks versus ftr so we get to see the the rematch uh, on uh dynamite and yeah this this match absolutely ruled and it's going to be interesting seeing what happens with the Briscoes going forward because there's all that kind of chatter about them not being able to go to AEW and what's their future in Ring of Honor and this and that, but they're killing it everywhere else. So, I mean, like Joel said, you know, GCW tag champions and um, one of the best tag teams of all time. So, I mean, these are two of like legitimately the best tag teams of all time. If you're talking about like in-ring work, overall gimmick, you know, the the actual style of tag team wrestling. Um, So, yeah, I, I love this. One of my favorite spots is actually just a really good comedy spot. You had Dax Harwood throwing a chair into the ring and referee Paul Turner catching it in midair and doing his best, like a uh, uh, moment, <laughs> little stuff like that made me laugh because the match itself was just, it was just gritty. It was a lot. It was tag team wrestling. A lot of tag team matches just turn into like one-on-one tagging. Tag- there was just a lot of good FTR doing a lot of double teaming on the Briscoes to the point where the Briscoes were just down and it was a lot of just two on one. And then eventually them turning the tide, just a really good tag team title match using the Briscoes, using the big rig and getting a two count. And this is where I saw a specific camera angle that I've never seen in wrestling, let alone ring of honor. They had a shot as if you were sitting front row center behind the Mm. barricade. And they kept going to that, and I loved it. It really puts you in the perspective of someone sitting in the audience at ringside. I was a big fan of that. I don't know if you caught that camera angle, 
loved it though. I I didn't notice that, but that's a super cool concept. I mean, I I I, I probably just didn't put it together. That that's what I, the vantage point I was seeing at the moment. But um, no, that's cool that you caught that though. Like, I mean, the more the the more they can play around with that kind of stuff, the better. I mean, I'll never forget how influential the XFL was by putting cameras up, like moving cameras for like this, like the ceilings of stadiums and stuff. And now the NFL does all the stuff. The XFL kind of innovated with their cameras and stuff. So um, yeah, keep, keep playing with around with that stuff. Keep playing around with these, you know uh, what, what are they now? Uh, uh, what, what, what K are they at on, on the cameras now? The ones that like can like blur out the background, but like super focus when you're well, coming out. They're they're all they're all 4K. They they call them 8K, but that's just a. That's I was gonna say I was gonna say 8K, but like I don't know if they'd even gotten more advanced since 8K already. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It's it's cool. It's cool when they throw in uh some some new uh, as long as it doesn't involve them cutting the camera angle every half a second. Then, yes, you know. <laughs> I mean, unless you're watching, you know, Jeremy and I played 2K22 on Fightful Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Yes, cheap plugs. Uh, Daniel yeah. R sends us a humper chat saying the whole show was good, but FTR versus the Briscoes, wow, that was amazing in every way. For me, an early match of the year candidate, place was going nuts. And then we get Bucks FTR on Wednesday. Tag team wrestling is great. Also, Joe at the end was cool, and the main event was great. Let's talk about it. After FTR defeats the Briscoes, they first of all, uh, I, I will go back to this. FTR coming in as the ROH invaders and getting all the heat in the world, having this banger match and getting cheered. I loved the story in there. And then afterwards, FTR, they they say we're going to, you know, they, they they bow to the Briscoes. They lay down the tag titles. They shake and they hug hand, and they hug. And it's just a surreal moment. And commentary is kind of putting over whether or not the Briscoes are done with Ring of Honor. And then out come the Young Bucks. And they do a super kick, Briscoes hit the BTE trigger, and then out come FTR back to the ring. They have a little shamas, and then they get on the microphone and they start talking, talking smack, and they say on Dynamite they're going to do it. It's FTR Young Bucks two, and at the time they were unsure if they were going to put the Ring of Honor tag titles on the line, but since then we found out that I think both the AAA and Ring of Honor tag titles will be on the line this Wednesday on Dynamite. What are your thoughts uh, post-match, the the whole stuff going down? I love the, the two teams showing each other respect. And I also caught FTR calling the Briscoes the best tag team of all time. I thought that was like super high praise coming from them. Like they won't, they won't just say stuff like that. Like they just, this stuff means too much to them to just like say stuff to say stuff. Um, so that was a, a big, um, you know, that was a really big kind of thing uh, for the, for them to, to say on the microphone. I also love the dynamic between Dax Harwood and Jay Briscoe. Like, I think that that's also a money singles match potentially. Um, but yeah, I love them showing each other respect after the match. And then the, the, the young bucks attacking the Briscoes was awesome. Cause like, you know, the, the crowd popped massively and the, the young bucks obviously have a really storied rich history in ring of honor. So like, it makes sense that they would want to be involved in the show and want to pop up on this and, um, yeah, I like the whole thing. And then once again, it sets up a massive title match for the for the belts on Wednesday on Dynamite. So you're also getting the crossover there. Of, if for some reason there's people watching Ring of Honor that aren't watching AEW already, like now there's a lot of incentive based off this show to watch AEW this week. So they did, they did a lot. Uh, I, I think they accomplished a lot, not only with the match being incredible, but all the stuff that it built afterwards as well. 
thought it was very surreal to have Ian Riccoboni going into the main event, which is still a little while from where we're talking about now, going into the main event, running down the card for Wednesday's AEW Dynamite. It really, really put into perspective the fact that the two the two program, the two companies are going to be uh, working in simpatico. And that that's not a bad thing. It was just very surreal, something you didn't expect to hear on a, what is a branded Ring of Honor program. Yeah, and Rick Abani was like, at one point, he's like holding his headset. He's like, Tony Khan's in my ear. He's letting me know like this or that, like about the the titles. And it's like, yeah, that is that is wild. Like Tony Khan would be in his ear. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Silent by Deadly, thank you for the super stickers. We appreciate you. Uh, now, things just kind of calm down a little bit for the next few matches. Um, it was a little hard to focus. I'm not going to lie. There was some stuff that... Uh, some stuff that's really good wrestling wise, some stuff that was just kind of there. But uh, again, talking about how the, sh- the the ring of honor of new starts to kind of show its its head. World TV titles on the line, Rhett Titus and Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki wrestling his 5,876 match of the weekend. And Rhett Titus, who was walking in as the world TV champion. Uh, again, it was a Suzuki match, a lot of plotting moments. But eventually it just kind of took a turn where Suzuki hits that gotcha pile driver, pins Red Titus, and suddenly Minoru Suzuki is the new Ring of Honor world television champion. <laughs> yeah, so it does seem a bit random, um, but this is the first U.S. like like championship belt he's ever won, like, like, like any major title belt within the U.S. in pro wrestling, which is kind of wild considering how long he has been, not only in wrestling, but also in mixed martial arts. But yeah, like when they made this match, this was the easiest one of the night for me to pick a winner. I was like, there's no way Suzuki's coming in and losing to Rhett Titus. I all respect to Rhett. Like he has improved drastically over the years, like going from the all night express with Kenny King years ago to like really getting lost in the mix and then really reinventing himself over the last few years as a part of the foundation and the pure wrestling divisions and, and getting his opportunity with the, t- the TV title and everything. Like he, He's really put in a lot of work, but at the end of the day, Minoru Suzuki is Minoru Suzuki. And like, that's, you know, he's just, he's just a different, it's hard to explain to fans who might not know as much about him, but it's just one of those things. Like he is an absolute legend. And when you have access to him uh, for pretty much any company, he's usually treated like a really big deal. Um, I'm not saying he's no, he's never going to lose in ring of honor. Like I could see him losing to certain people potentially, um, but I, I thought it was pretty obvious that if Suzuki was going to do this match, he was going to win this title. Um, and he did it in six minutes. So, um, you know, pretty easy work from Minoru Suzuki, but cool for Red Titus. I mean, at the end of the day, like he came into the show with that title belt. People got to see that. Um, and he was put in a, a big position with Suzuki. But yeah, Suzuki's just, just a legend. He wasn't going to be losing this match. Yeah. And just, it, it just, it happened. Like I said, it just kind of happened. He won the match. I think you're right. If, if you were going to pick a match to put all your money on, uh, Suzuki winning the World Television Championship, that yeah, was pretty much the way it was going to go. I just don't think... Uh, it, and we're going to talk about it in a second with the pure title match too. Uh, you start to think about whether or not some of these Ring of Honor championships are going to continue existing as Ring of Honor starts to take its shape in under a new management. So let's kind of move forward. Let's talk about it. Wheeler Yuta takes on Josh Woods. Shout out to Josh Woods wearing Jacksonville Jaguars gear uh, in his match. Definitely uh, trying to tell us something maybe. I don't know. But either way, uh, earlier in the night, during the, the, the pre-show, 
uh, commentary. So Ian and, and Caprice had mentioned that William Regal might be joining them for the match, but I guess it didn't happen for whatever reason. Uh, he just kind of, I guess maybe it was just an offhanded remark. Regardless, uh, because it's pure title, because it's pure rules, you had the three judges at ringside. <laughs> Christopher Daniels, BJ Whitmer, and that pure rules beacon himself. Boom, boom, Cole Cabana. What? <laughs> yeah, random. Yeah. Good on Cole Cabana for uh, taking taking home the winner's purse in the opening contest on the pre-show and then also getting a double payday by working as a judge in the pure rules title match. Yeah, he has he has a lot of he has a lot of experience in kind of like the like the comedy pure rules almost like he does a lot of he does a lot of chain wrestling, but it's a lot of it's very comedy based. Hard to explain. Um, well, he does wear a singlet, so it makes perfect sense. Well, there you go. Yeah, fair enough. He wears a wrestle he wears a wrestling uniform basically. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, this was just another one where. You, you see you see more and more of like kind of what the future of Ring of Honor is going to look like. You know, Wheeler Yuta winning this title in the way that he's been uh, pushed lately on AEW TV as like a potential member of the combat club and how like he's kind of branched off from the best friends and now he's the pure champion of Ring of Honor. I think that William Regal, you know, he's going to see that and he's going to like have an even more respect for young Wheeler Yuta. And he's eventually, eventually he's, they're going to bring him in, I believe, to the club. I think it's just, it, it might be as soon as this Wednesday when they're like, you proved yourself by winning this championship in Ring of Honor. Like, you, you do your thing in Ring of Honor. We don't need you here in AEW as often. Like, we need you defending, we need you representing our club in in ROH or something. You know, like, or you know, I, however they want to do it. I think that this is just another step towards Wheeler Yuta getting acceptance in Will, William Regal's group with, with Mox and Danielson. Um, and Josh Woods did great with the title. Um, you know, he's the one who beat Gresham for the belt and Gresham was like synonymous with that title belt. Um, yeah. So that was big when Josh Woods defeated him for it and, you know, he held the belt for quite a while, but yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world for Wheeler Yuta to, to win this title. Yeah. I, and I fully agree with you there. Wheeler Yuta winning the pure title just, it made sense with the stories we're telling on AEW. Uh, and on top of that, the the story of, you know, dad, do you like me now? Do I have your approval now? Can I join your group now? This is one more thing for him, for Wheeler Yuta, to shove in Regal and Brian Danielson and John Moxley's face and just be like, I did this. I deserve to be a part of your crew. And you know what? I wouldn't hate William Regal saying, you know what? Like you were just saying, Stephen, you can join the crew, but you're going to have the crew down in ring of honor where you're going to develop that you're going to be the crossover. You're going to be the bridge. You're going to be the guy in ring of honor who finds the talent that joins this group, this Blackpool country club. <laughs> I always much different. Name yeah. Yes, much different thing. yes. Yeah. The Blackpool combat club. Uh, and they're going to, you're going to pass them through ring of honor up to us. You're going to be a member, but you're not going to be um, necessarily like tag teaming or, or trios with us all the time. I, maybe they can do something like that. We could essentially be almost a recruiter where like, yeah, they, they take, they take notice of other people based on like banger matches him and like them and you to wind up having, I mean, Wheeler Yuta and uh, Daniel Garcia had, I mean, like they, and Wheeler Yuta and Lee Moriarty. I mean, there's been so, these guys have been killing it for so long on the Indies, like against each other that now it's just a matter of just more people seeing it on platforms like Ring of honor and AEW. 
So Yuna's been ready to do something like this for a while. I remember seeing him at Dojo Pro in Nashville. I was one of maybe 10 people in that building. And he was like great then. And this was like four years ago. And it's like, I, I, I love seeing his progression where he's at right now. Um, and Josh Woods, we've seen him on AEW Dark a handful of times and stuff. Like he's he's going to be fine. He's got a very bright future in wrestling too. It's just clear that right now the focus amongst Real Yuta is definitely a focus right now, like just in general with Tony Khan and kind of getting him the right spot, it looks like. It does feel like both men can be a part of the Ring of Honor roster moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, more than anything, we've been talking about it for weeks. When's Yuta going to get the graphic? When's he going to get the official graphic? When is he going to be All Elite? Well, after that match, after winning the Pure title, guess who got his All Elite graphic? Wheeler Yuta is All Elite. He is officially part of the team. So there you go. It, it's it's happened. We can stop asking for it because he got his wish. I'm very happy to see it. Yes. Good for him. One Absolutely. billion percent deserves it. Uh, Daniel R sends a humper chat saying, and I hope Kangle Hat Daniel Garcia shows up in Ring of mm -hmm. Honor at some point. I think the whole sports entertainer versus guys like Gresham would be hilarious. I, I could be down with that. I would love to see a little crossover Ring of Honor versus uh, the sports entertainers. How do you feel oh, about yeah. that? Oh, yeah, I would love that. I would absolutely Chris, love it. You want to see Chris Jericho in Ring of Honor? I want to see Chris Jericho anywhere. Um, so yeah, that includes I want to see Chris Jericho in GCW. I mean, him and Nick Gage had that death match on, on AEW. I think Chris Jericho would, would work anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the Daniel Garcia thing is like a mind frick to me because it's like, it's like, watch, it, it seems so unnatural seeing him doing what he's doing right now. But I think it's perfect because it will eventually lead to him. Like, this is going to help him overall. Um, and because he is gaining more of a personality, he's getting more people to talk about him. He's giving people like a reason to dislike him and stuff. Um, more than just being a really good wrestler that you can cheer or boo. Um, that said, like, yeah, give, give me, give me sports entertainer, Daniel Garcia versus professional wrestler. We have a for the ROH Pure Championship all day. Guys, get your Humper Chats in at HumperChats.com, your Super Chats as well. We're getting towards the main event, the Ring of Honor World Championship match. Jonathan Gresham taking on Bandito. They were unifying those two titles. We'll get into that in a second. First of all, uh, I miss... <laughs> this is a great username, by the way. I miss Windows 7 with a Super Chat that says, Wow, Briscoes and FTR and Gresham Bandito were both match of the night contenders. And freaking Joe, we're going to get to Samoa Joe in a minute, Revolution, AEW Revolution was amazing, but this has been pay-per-view of the year so far, in my opinion. Uh, this was a very strong card overall, and we're going to talk about the world title match. A little bit of lulls in the last two matches, the TV title match and the pure rules match, but I think it was there just to serve a greater purpose later on uh, in AEW. I, 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 I think with these, like, those, like the Suzuki and Yuta matches, um, those, I, I think part of that also might've been FTR on the Briscoes, like how long that match went. I'm not saying yeah. like they necessarily went over the time or whatever. I don't know, but it seemed like that was like almost a half hour long. And then it was like, well, Suzuki's here. We got to at least make sure the crowd gets to do the Casa. Like they like, at least like, at least give them that a few times. And we don't really care if the match is long, like give them, give them the, the, the theme song and let him do his thing for a few minutes. Um, and then the Yuta Woods match was just was kind of quick too, but it still went about 13 minutes. Um, but no, I'm I'm with you. I and I'm I, I agree with the Humper chat. Uh, like I said earlier, to me the two matches of the night clearly, in my opinion, were FTR versus the Briscoes and Gresham versus Bandito. 
I personally thought the tag title match was a little bit better, but I'm not going to argue that. I mean, if, if Gresham Bandito is, is, is your fave, then I have no problem with that. I think it's a very good choice. I will add this on the, the Suzuki uh, winning the TV title thing. Here's the thing you can do with Minoru Suzuki because it's a television title once Ring of Honor has television, let's say they tape in clusters, you bring him in only to work TV, only to work special TV main event matches for that with that title on the line. I think that's a good placement for Minoru Suzuki. You could do that. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So let's get in. Jonathan Gresham, Bandito, Ring of Honor World Championship match. It was slow to start. But the match was very much rooted in these guys wanting to wrestle each other and not just slap the shit out of each other. And I don't hate that. I like the way it builds. I do like the way it builds. I agree with you when you said that the tag match was more for you is more the match you enjoyed the the most. Uh, I felt the same way because as good as Gresham and Benito was, it really didn't kick up into that high gear until very late in the match after we started seeing Chavo Guerrero get involved and subsequently kicked out. Uh, at one point, commentary even talked about Chavo versus Tony Khan. And I thought, oh, crap, are we going to turn that into a thing? But care- clearly not the point, not what happened. Uh, instead, you know, we just had a, a really good, good, just simple match that eventually turned into a, into a high-flying fest. By the way, shout out to Bandito with a 60-second vertical suplex, my God. Yeah, that was awesome. Very good um, stuff. Yeah, when uh, he went past yeah. 10, I was like, maybe he'll go to 20. And then, like, it's like every 10, I was like, no way he's going to. And then I realized, like, oh, he's doing a minute. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> this yeah. is insane. In my notes, I just kept going, like, okay, one, and then one, two, three, four, five. And eventually, I just got to, oh no, he's going to do a full 60 seconds. <laughs> and that was the crowd, even counting to 60. Kudos, by the way. Most crowds would get bored after 30. Y'all stuck with it for a full minute. So I like that. Yeah. And he uh, was doing it himself for the first, like, 20 something. And then it was like, I got to hold this dude up. Even he got tired. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, We had Paul Turner kind of, I don't know, it was a weird spot. Bandito hits a super kick on on Gresham and then referee Paul Turner kind of like pretends like he got smacked in the face and got knocked out. And then Gresham goes for a springboard on the other side of the ring and Chavo yeets the ROH title at Jonathan Gresham. And uh, there you go. Bandito tells Referee Paul Turner to eject Chavo Guerrero, which to me, again, it just felt nonsensical. I get that the story was Bandito saying, do not get involved, do not cheat. But it felt it felt forced to me. How did you feel with Chavo being involved in this match with Bandito and, and their um, their work together? Yeah, it felt for, forced to me as well. Because um, the belt thing was also after Bandito had pushed, uh, or sorry, Chavo had pushed Bandito out of the way when Gresham went over the top mm-hmm. rope. Um and yeah, it, it just it just didn't it didn't like we said earlier, it didn't make any sense for Chavo and Bandito to be aligned to begin with. And I think this was more so a way of protecting Bandito in the loss um than anything. Like so then at least when it's talked about, it's like yeah, Gresham beat him, he beat him straight up. Bandito did the noble thing, he he told the ref what Chavo was doing, he got rid of Chavo. Uh, Bandito comes off looking like a good guy, but part of that threw him off enough to where like that could be part of an excuse as to why he didn't beat Gresham. Um, but Gresham still looks great in the victory because like he didn't do anything to cheat or anything. So like, um, but the the other thing that makes me a little bit confused and almost concerned a little bit about the Bandito and Chavo thing is like 
what could possibly be the best payoff to involve Chavo in this? Like, if the payoff is Chavo versus Bandito, I don't think that's a match people are really, like, clamoring for. Like, Bandito's fantastic, but, like, I don't... I mean, Chavo Guerrero at this point, I'm not, I'm not gonna... I, I love Chavito, you know what I mean? Like, I, he's been around a long time and everything, but this... it That, I don't think, does it for a lot of fans. Like, knowing Chavo versus Bandito is gonna be going down, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, so... I don't, I don't really know what this leads to or why you would involve Chavo outside of potentially like we were kind of alluding to earlier, if this was kind of like a make good because of the whole Chavo AEW kind of scenario, like to, to like maybe, you know, mend some bridges there or something. Yeah. I said this earlier and you just said it yourself. It felt to me like that was a make good. That was just a way to maybe uh, dot some, some eyes and cross some T's with Chavo and Tony, but who knows, maybe that'll bring, Chavo Guerrero back to Ring of Honor later on. Maybe there's a larger story to tell with him and Bandito. Like you said, I don't know what that could be, but uh, if that's the way they go, then that's the way they go. Jonathan Gresham wins the Ring of Honor Unified Championship. Uh, I do like that Bandito did hit the 21 plex a couple times. Uh, got got countered, got kicked out of. They really did make Bandito look good in defeat. Uh, regardless. The finish was just Gresh hitting that springboard moonsault, Tope to the outside, running in and doing the Maestral pin, and then that was it. And it was just a very quick, very quick match that, or very quick finish to that match. Did not expect it, but I enjoyed it personally. Yeah, I I liked it a lot because you know Bandito eventually did hit the twenty one plex, and Gresham kicked out, and that's like that's huge. It's kind of like kicking out of a one winged angel, like you just don't see it, and when it happens, it's a really big deal because um, he also has all those other moves like the. Uh, the what is the x whatever he calls that the, the like the the go to sleep type thing he does off his shoulders um to his knee um oh, you know, he just calls it the x knee sorry x knee <laughs> something like that like, yeah it's not very original yeah like i knew it was the x something something generic but um you know he's such a damn good worker and same with gresham i mean but they're they're very different but they mesh really well together um yeah i mean I, I I kind of expect these kind of matches for Gresham to end like that, mainly because, and this is one thing that I love about Jonathan Gresham, he doesn't really have a finishing move. Like, he has some moves that are kind of his go-tos. Like, he does the octopus a lot, and, like, you know, there's there's certain types of pinning combinations he goes for, but he you never really know what's going to end a match for him. Like, it, it could be a, a clothesline, it could be an STF, it could be a cross face, it could be a heel hook. It could, I mean, it's very similar to kind of what Daniel Bryan does as well a lot of the time. Like, he has many ways he can finish you. Um, and I love that about Jonathan Gresham. Um, so I like the finish. I thought the finish was a very Gresham-type finish where, you know, he tried so many different pinning combinations throughout the match. And eventually this one worked. Like he just kept grinding it and grinding it until finally like Bandito just couldn't kick out after trying over and over and over again. Um, and Bandito hit him with everything he had too. So once again, I think that's why Chavo is involved because like both guys hit everything they had. Both guys got their, their finisher and you know, they did, they, they, uh, whatever you, they emptied the tank on one another and the one thing that put it over the edge was like that little bit of, well, what would have happened if Chavo wasn't there? Would Bandino have won if Chavo wasn't involved? And that also could potentially sell a rematch between the two a little bit later on too, which, you know, I'm, I'm down for seeing them, them wrestle each other again down the line for sure. So, Well, let's talk about the post-match. Let's yes. get into that. Out comes Jay Lethal again, wanting to send the, whole, the, the people home on a good note. 
play, he was really playing the, the, I deserve it guy. I, I, I made ring of honor and all that stuff. And then he challenges Jonathan Gresham to the first match, uh, as Gresham's, uh, new champion says, I want that first title match. And Gresham says, no. And he says, no, your actions tonight show that you are not honorable. You do not deserve the match. Lethal shoves Gresham and Gresham's like, oh, we're going to do it like this. Are we? And then out comes Sanjay Dutt again, but Sanjay Dutt turns on everybody and takes out Jonathan Gresham. Lethal and Dutt are teaming up there together. Uh, commentary is yelling, you know, Sanjay Dutt, he's just a producer. He's not actually a wrestler, da, da, da. Lee Moriarty, you mentioned earlier, comes out, goes after Jay Lethal, but then they get double teamed by Lethal and Dutt. And then, I don't know if you know this, but there's another champion from Ring of Honor that also made a big splash in the promotion and he made his return tonight samoa joe is not only part of ring of honor but he is also a part of all elite wrestling he also received the graphic so samoa joe joins ring of honor joins all elite wrestling he'll be on dynamite this wednesday uh, to talk about his his experience all the stuff. Uh, let's get a couple of uh, of Humper Chats, Super Chats in the, out of the way. Ricardo the Bad Guy sends a Humper Chat that says, if this is what TK has in mind for Ring of Honor, then I'm in. Never been big on ROH before. I am now. I get you on that one. And uh, Doug Khan sent a Super Chat that said, Joe and Punk in AEW, sign me up. Do you think, Steven Jensen, that we can see CM Punk show up in Ring of Honor in this iteration? Would you like to see it? Do you think we could see it? Uh, yeah, I yes and yes. I want to see it. I think it will happen at some point. And I think we'll get Samoa Joe versus uh, CM Punk. I don't know if it'll happen in Ring of Honor or in AEW, but I mean, the uh, the options are, are limitless right now. Uh, Keith Lee. Limitless. Huh. Um, the options are endless right now uh, when it comes to like all these guys. I mean, it's it's really mind-blowing the the time we're living in right now. And um, yeah, I mean, Samoa, just Samoa Joe being involved again is going to be awesome and and i can see him maybe becoming a part of the blackpool uh combat club maybe like i mean he's got the history with regal and with with danielson and, and mox and stuff i mean that's um there's a lot they can do with samoa joe but it's cool that they've already planted the seeds for you know you know jay lethal stole the titles i'm not thrilled about jay lethal's involvement here mainly because we've seen him as the the uh, ring of honor world champion so much over the years that like it seems like just let's well, I want to see some new stuff, but the history is there of Jay Lethal being the protege of Samoa Joe. And like, if this builds to a Jay Lethal Samoa Joe match, that would be really cool to see in 2022. Like, it's just like mind blowing that that's a thing that will probably happen. Um, so yeah, this, I mean, this just opens the doors to just, just so many possibilities with Samoa Joe being involved in ring of honor and AEW now. Absolutely. James Zimmerman sent us a Humper chat saying home run show. Could this be leading to a punk versus Joe match? If so, where put it in a giant baseball stadium? I don't know if it would sell it out, but I think it would be a fun match to do uh, on a, either a massive ring of honor show, or you can do it on a very, very large scale dynamite, a grand slam style dynamite. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I I'm, I'm pumped for what they're, what they're doing right now. Like, I mean, just the CM Punk stuff alone recently has been just super top tier pro wrestling, in my opinion. Like now you're going to throw Samoa Joe into the mix and like Tony Khan is a guy who respects the history of, of the business and like the past storylines and the long term storytelling and all of this. We're about to get some really cool stuff with Samoa Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Drelixel also sent us a super chat says, 
I just realized we can get Joe versus Punk and my brain melted. And I mind it too. And I would love to see it. Well, again, we'll see how it plays out with AEW and with the, the Ring of Honor partnership, uh, or really the ownership. Let's get you know, let's get it straight. And then uh, Ian Hunter sent us a super chat that says, Joe Gresham Moriarty versus Blackpool Combat Club and Yuta, please. Is that a match you want to see, Steven Jensen? Absolutely. I think I want to see it too. And wrap it up tonight before we give our final, final thoughts. Chris Muller, Doc, says, hi, guys. I feel like Matt Cat Moss winning the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Battle Royal means I owe Joel this $5. Ring of Honor was a lot of fun tonight. Tag team match stole the show, possibly the weekend. For those who don't know, uh, over on the blue brand, Matt Cat Moss won a Battle Royal that I said he would win, and he's going to win the Intercontinental Championship, and you're welcome. Let's get to final thoughts. Tonight's Ring of Honor show, Steven Jensen, best night of your life. What do you think? How did you feel yeah. coming out of it? Well, I'll say that's the only thing I know about SmackDown tonight. That's what's it right there. Um, shout out Madcap Moss. I, I supported you in Raw Underground, so it's good to know that you're you're doing big things now. Winning Andre Battle Royals, not on WrestleMania, but kind of almost on WrestleMania. Um, I don't know. Um, he's on WrestleMania though. He's going to be accompanying um, Baron Corbin to the ring, or sorry, Happy Corbin to the ring against uh, Drew McIntyre, right? So they're um, going to cost each other the match. I'm telling you, but this isn't the WrestleMania show. We're talking Ring. No, of it isn't. It definitely is not. Um, but yes, I very much enjoyed the show. I thought this was great. This was a great uh, reintroduction to Ring of Honor for uh, the the reimagined version of the company going forward. I think that the way that this is going to you know, play off of and, and play with AEW going forward. I think this is, they have planted a lot of seeds that I'm very, very excited about. And uh, I mean, overall, once again, between this and the collective and all the other wrestling going on right now, like, I mean, spring break part two starts in like a half hour. Shout out Sean Ross Sapp. I'm, he is my official prediction. I said it on my collective preview on FightfulSelect.com. My prediction for the cluster F is Sean Ross Sapp winning the whole thing tonight. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot of wrestling this weekend. We got both nights of WrestleMania. We got NXT. We got more collective. We got more WrestleCon. We got a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, this is a great, great week and weekend to be a professional wrestling fan. And I enjoyed Ring of Honor tremendously. Uh, for those who are wanting a little bit more Ring of Honor news, there is a media scrum going on. Uh, I know that Will Washington from Grapsity Pod is is uh, videotaping it. I'm so old. He's recording it. Uh, Sean Ross app on his Twitter. He's uh, giving updates about what Tony's been saying about ring of honor and what's moving forward. Uh, a really, really good show tonight. Really, really good stuff coming up this weekend. If, you, if you're watching wrestling, enjoy what you can enjoy what you find. A new reimagined ring of honor came out tonight. And I think uh, it was a step in the right direction. And uh, that's it. That, that's all I got to add to this whole thing. Steven Jensen, where can the people find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can use code FightTalk, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, all as one word, no spaces, in the promo code spot on independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live. Helps me out when you use that code. And as far as stuff coming up, um, the Weekender, I usually record the Fightful Select Weekender podcast on Sundays. Um, that's covering the world of independent pro wrestling. I will most likely record that on Monday or Tuesday this week. I did two episodes of the Weekender. One of them is free, and it's a collective preview. There's still a lot of shows that haven't happened if you want to get previews for them available right now. Um, but because there's so much shows going on right now, I'm going to have to go back and watch some of this stuff. And it'll probably get recorded on Monday or Tuesday this week. That's available every week on FightfulSelect.com. 
Um, I do a show every Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, called Live Rounds with my friend Doug. Y'all might remember him from Bill and Doug, RVD Tito for Life. Um, that's on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel, so check that out. Every Thursday, the Spotlight, Fightful.com, myself and Jeremy, we interview wrestlers, promoters, YouTube creators, a whole bunch of stuff, talk about the world of wrestling. Everything else we got going on, I'll update on my Twitter. You can catch me and Joel on uh, on Twitch every Thursday, uh, twitch.tv slash Gaming. normally playing Mario Kart and Nintendo Switch, so... Yeah, Degrassi dudes, 10 a.m. every Friday. Fightful overbooked. Fightful overbooked. Overbooked. Go to Fightful Overbooked, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. That's that's a channel where I do a lot of my stuff. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Go watch all the wrestling. Go have fun with it. I think that's it. That's all. Yes, ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. Enjoy your evening. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.